not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am your co-host for today, Crisp, and with me as always is my co-host, who has just been unplugged, and then he got re-plugged back into the MCU, in in where he's fighting all kinds of wacky stuff and real good kung fu, guys. It's it's Sam. I've got a ring on every single one of my fingers, including my thumbs. (laughs) That gives me ten rings. Bling, bling, brother. <laughs> bling, bling. They go, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> there are less rings in this and just big bracelets, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, if you don't guess Shang what we're talking Shang-Ching and about, the ten big bracelets yeah. doesn't sound as fucking good, though. <laughs> Shang-Ching and the variety size Pandora bracelets. <laughs> oh, sorry. Shang, bling, bling. Shang, Shang, bling. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. New Marvel film, yes. everybody. We're back yes. again. Marvel are just rocking them out now, aren't they? So we had, like, what? Black Widow, then we got this, and then we've also had Loki this year. We've had uh, What If this year. We've had lots of stuff. We've got WandaVision, yeah. Falcon Woman Soldier, Eternals, Spider-Man. And then we've got, yeah, we've got Spider-Man and Eternals yet to come, which is going to be the most exciting, anticipated films of the year. I would We've say. also got Hawkeye still to come as well. For oh, fuck's sake. As if that's coming out this <laughs> year, though, as well. As if that's coming out in, as part yeah. of the releases that we have. That's absolutely insane. Well, we've got more to talk about Marvel releases in a bit. But first, we need to uh, do our classic segment of, oh, what you been watching? What you been watching? I think that's a, that's a, that's a bit of an ad lib on it, isn't it? It's a little bit. <laughs> what you it's what the kids what you been what you? watching that's the wcbw instead of the wwbw segment <laughs> anyway um okay so shall i go first <laughs> yeah so over, you. other than uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings uh, i have also been keeping up with what if which i'm sure you have also been doing oh, uh, so we'll co- we'll come back to that in a minute because we both watch that so it makes more sense mm-hmm. for us to both chat about it uh what if i watch i've just been watching that uh clickbait on netflix me and my girlfriend just finished that um that was pretty good um a bunch of twists and turns and what this who this what this who this you've heard of it clickbait nope <laughs> <laughs> it's a limited series so it's literally a one season thing one and done about eight episodes um it's pretty good it's pretty good um, What's it covering? Is it clickbait news articles and stuff? No, it's about the um, it's about a husband that goes missing, but they it, like they get evidence through a viral vid- a video that goes viral on the dark web. Um, but it's a bit of like a I won't I won't say much more. It's a bit of like a detective kind of kind of series. It's good. I, I I quite liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it reminds me a bit of like Mindhunter meets um, meets uh, Line of Duty a little bit, that kind of thing. Um, it has it has like all this stuff throughout it, where it's like someone people are opening the phones and laptops all the time um, and texting people, and it comes up all like CGI'd on the screen kind of thing. So it's uh, told a lot through uh, through inter 
interweb messages and all that sort of thing. Pretty good. Uh, what else have I been watching? I've also watched the latest season of Money Heist because I really dig Money Heist. It's uh, Okay, was that season five that's just dropped? Uh, give me two seconds. Uh, yes, it was like part one. Um, so it's like two parts. So it's kind of a... Is that a spoiler? Um I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> spoiler, because I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be the last, uh, the last season that they were going to release. Um, but what's ended up happening is it's split into two. So, okay. I mean, you'll kind of know that if you're watching it and you listen to this, because you'll be watching it and you'll be like, "There's a lot that needs to get resolved in like the last <laughs> hour." They've or stopped so. halfway through the last heist. Yeah. <laughs> What's gonna happen? Um, yeah, uh, that's that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's got all the best parts of like money heist um, originally. Heistings. Yeah, it, it's really good. Like, it's one of them where it's like you can't really talk about it because it's just drama and tension all the time. Um, yeah. But obviously, with this being the final two seasons that we're going to be getting, um, there's quite a bit of big events going on. But it's good. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. It makes me want to good. go back and watch like the first couple of seasons again <laughs> because they're, they're absolutely flawless, and I wish I could watch it again for the first time. Uh, I've seen a lot more hype around this season as well. Like I'm seeing it everywhere, and I've seen a load of places are making money heist Halloween costumes for Halloween as well. Yeah, it gets a fatty ten out of ten for me. Fatty ten out of ten. Wow. Uh, and what? Don't have to get a ten out of ten from Sam. No, you certainly bloody don't. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else that I've been watching. Um, that's other than uh, What If. So should we chat a little bit about What If? Because it's been pretty good. Um, The last one we just had was the Marvel Zombies one, the much-anticipated Marvel Zombies. (laughs) But I don't think we've also... We've also not chatted about the one before, which was the uh, Doctor Strange one. And Uh, I don't think we did, because it was last week, wasn't it? Oh, did we? we Oh, no, we did. No, we did. We haven't talked about Marvel Zombies. We missed a week, by the way. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we were both very busy. I was very ill and also yeah. away. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Good Marvel time. Zombies. Then let's yeah. talk about Marvel Zombies. Yeah, it was good. I think it was good fun. I I really thought it was a lot of fun. It was a nice twist on the Marvel Zombies thing. Um, I don't think the episode was as good as Doctor Strange Supreme, but I think it was probably maybe like the second best episode that we've had. I also just wasn't expecting half the stuff in it. Like, I knew it was going to be Marvel Zombies, but I also wasn't expecting it to be quite as graphic and stuff as what they did. And I kind of loved it. Yeah, because it was a bit left field, isn't it? It's like you just don't yeah. expect some of that. But obviously, it's taken zombie franchise influences and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, I don't think this kind of was as good as the Doctor Strange one that we had because it didn't feel like. Obviously, this episode didn't wrap up. It kind of yeah. left on a bit of a cliffhanger. But what I liked about the Doctor Strange one is it's literally a, a wrap-up, you know? It felt like the Doctor Strange one was a longer episode because you felt yeah, like you got a lot more. Yeah, that one was the only one with, like, finality to it. Like, that storyline has ended. But I feel like that might come into play with Doctor Strange and Multiverse yeah, Madness a little bit. I, yeah, also, you never know. Like... We've noticed that the Watcher has been getting like closer to the stories every time. Every time we see the Watcher in the show, he's closer to like the story that's being told and stuff mm. like that. And in that one, 
Doctor Strange could see the Watcher, and that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but then in this one, he took another step back again, and I was like, hmm, okay, what's what's going on here? There's also a lot of... Um, there's also been a lot of Ant-Man and... Uh... Yeah, a lot of Hope Van Dyne stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also, she always ends up dying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. we And the other thing that also has come out this week that maybe started last week is The Walking Dead has come back for its final season, by the way. Just in it case has. you know. It has. And I feel like I want to catch up so that I can watch the final season. Mm, mm. I caught up, so but I, I think I just need to watch half of like the last season. Yeah, um, I might just pick up where I left off and just carry on from there because I remember everything that happens before it anyway. I don't need a complete rewatch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll just watch because I think it's only really the last season and a half maybe that I haven't watched or the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. So it won't be too much to catch up on before this season's over. Yeah. What have you been watching then? Um, other than What If uh, and Shang Chi, I've been watching a lot of Suits still. I also started to rewatch The Matrix today because. Obviously, we had the new Matrix trailer, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, so I was like, it's back on Netflix now. Got to gotta watch me some Matrix, because I love the first one. I absolutely love the first one. Second two, not as much, but I still like what they cover and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. this new trailer has me excited and very apprehensive at the same time. <laughs> uh, so I went back and started to rewatch Matrix. I've, I've only got like 25 minutes in or something because I was watching it just before we started to record. Yeah. So I'm going to finish, probably try and watch the rest of the trilogy this week, maybe. Cool. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it because, like we said, we haven't had too much time, although we've been gone for two weeks. Um, I don't think we've really watched anything. Oh, I watched uh, Mr. Bean's Holiday while I was away as well. Oh, <laughs> you know, not? when you're like in a hotel room, like between going out and coming in and stuff like that, and you just got the TV on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sat under bed and I was like, why is Mr. Bean's Holiday on? <laughs> but there's nothing else to watch. Trailers? Oh, the trailers. We'll go on Shall we speed time. run through the the less anticipated trailers first and then come back to the big one? Yeah. Shall we talk about Guilty? Yeah, we'll talk about Guilty first. Uh, this one is coming to Netflix. Have you got the dates on while I give a brief description? Because I had to close the windows down because my recording was going Yeah, dodgy. go ahead. Um, so this is a troubled police detective demoted to a 911 operator scrambles to save a distressed caller during a harrowing day of revelations and reckonings. Uh, basically, Jake Gyllenhaal is in the lead here. It's coming straight to Netflix. He gets a call through on 911 of somebody who is trying to cover up the fact that she's phoning 911. She has been kidnapped or is in distress in some way. She believes she's going to die. She's in the back of a white van. And it's him from the 911 operator's room trying to uncover this mystery and get the the police forces on his side to track down this missing woman. Mm. Now, you don't see a lot of the cast in this, but um, you see, other than Jake Gyllenhaal uh, mm-hmm. and Riley Riley Cough, is it? Riley Q? I don't know. Uh, I would say, yeah, something around there. <laughs> but anyway, you've also got uh, Paul Dano and Ethan Hawke and Bill Burr in this film. And Peter Skarsgård as well. Mm. It's a stacked cast. It's pretty stacked. It's due to come out on the 24th of September 2021. Okay. So literally in about two weeks' time from uh, the day you listen to this. So Yeah. Um, I think this looks pretty good. We said it kind of reminds us of the Halle Berry movie that came out a few years ago where mm. there was a kid trapped in the boot of a trunk, uh, of a car. 
Yeah, like I think what's probably going to happen is it'll be like Jake Gyllenhaal in the control room for pretty much the majority of the film. And then yeah, we did see end, a few scenes outside of that, but I think he's probably staying in. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it'll have um, much kind of flicking back and forward or whether it's just all going to be like his... Maybe. Like, I think it's pretty much going to be mostly his reaction and then maybe at the end he'll like free himself from the control room or something and he'll just like maybe. break. This is also crap. set during like the wildfires in LA and stuff like that as well. Mm, cool. There's a big backdrop. This is coming out, um, like you said, in theatres on September 24th with select cinemas it's dropping on netflix on october 1st cool right next trailer next trailer i've got one for come on come on or come on come on um starring everybody's favorite actor walking phoenix phenomenal actor um in the most a24 film a24 i've ever put out it's uh black and white i'm surprised it's not in four by three um (laughs) but it's all in black and white, American drama. A young man and his young nephew forge a tenuous but transformative relationship as they unexpectedly are thrown together. It looks like he is the uncle, obviously it's his nephew, and his sister is um, getting ill, so he takes his nephew on a cross-country road trip doing sound design stuff because he is a, a radio journalist. Mm-hmm. So it looks like him probably learning how to be a more of a father figure, have, having the burden of looking after this kid who's going through a tough time and stuff like that, and kind of exploring America together. It seems very nice. Walking Phoenix looks incredible in it. Um, the kid seems pretty good in it as well. And yeah, it looks very indie film, black and white, <laughs> A24. Cool. Um, this is coming out. We don't have an actual release date yet. It's doing the rounds at the film festivals at the moment, but we've been told it's coming out in cinemas in November. Awesome. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. 100%. 84% on Metacritic and 8.1 on IMDb. Jeez. Jeez. It's Walking Phoenix. You don't <laughs> give that man's low scores. What's the next trailer? Next one is for Don't Look Up. This is the... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Ah, yes, um, this does look good. Ariana yeah. Grande, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Charlemagne, um, Jonah Hill, stacked cast, um, directed by Adam McKay. It's very much a out there comedy. Both like him and Jennifer Lawrence are playing very much like kooky characters. It seems more like a character study piece where they're going out of the way to like play very different characters from what they normally do breaking like caricatures and stuff like that two low level astronaut uh, sorry astronauts. two low level astronomers not astronauts uh, must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will potentially destroy planet earth so this is dropping again on Netflix. This is coming out on Christmas Eve. So I'll lay you a bet this is going to be a massive Christmas Day film again. It'll be interesting to see whether this gets more views than Bird Box did on uh, Christmas Day, because that's the most viewed thing on Christmas Day ever on Netflix. Wonderful. Just what you want on Christmas Day. A nice end-of-the-world kind of film. At least it's a comedy, you know what I mean? Whereas Bird Box very much wasn't a Christmas Day film. At At least this is still a comedy. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it looks great. They look like they're putting in great performances. Leonardo is definitely playing a completely different role that he's never done before. Mm-hmm. So, 
Cool. Uh, was Jonah Hill the president in this? I had the feeling of that, and I thought it was a very... He kind of looked like the president. Yeah, he had that. He was also like acting that way, and it was a bit like, wait, what? But yeah, there's there's loads of people in this. Like, obviously, I know everyone you mentioned as well. Meryl Streep as well, Ron Perlman. Yeah, Matthew Perry, Friends. Yeah, Mark Rylance as well, T- uh, Tyler Perry. Mm, Kid Cudi. Yeesh! Kid, Kid Cudi's in it. Kid Cudi <laughs> as the as a DJ. Why isn't he's not he playing just, against type then? Is he? Why isn't he just playing himself? <laughs> he's just playing a DJ. Kid anyway, uh, should we move on to the big trailer, or is there anything else you want to chat about? Uh, there's one more quick one called Ron's Gone Wrong, uh, which is a new like family animated show. Uh, sorry, film from 20th Century Pictures. So this is coming out in cinemas, but it's also getting a release on Disney Plus eventually. Um, so that's why I wanted to mention it here. A um, a, a world where walking, talking, digitally connected bots have become children's best friends. 11-year-old Ron uh, finds his robot, but he doesn't quite work right. Um, it's got an all-star cast in it. It's coming out in October, October 15th. It seems very much like a kooky sort of romp at the moment. This guy's basically got a little walking robot companion who... It just ain't right, but it's, it's a commentary in it on like everyone being connected to net technology type thing. Oh, of course, like, they can't find real friends, but but then he makes friends with this. It, it seems kind of like the first thirty minutes of uh, Big Hero Six. Oh, uh, yeah. but for the entire thing, it seems endearing. I th- when I heard that it was coming to Disney Plus, I was wondering if it was like a, a Disney film or something that we just didn't hear of. But it's actually a twentieth century production. But obviously, they've been. Uh, Fox have been bought, haven't they? So, for Fox's sake, <sighs> indeed. <laughs> and then the we got the one. we got the. Oh, do you want to talk about your trailer first, and then we'll talk about this big one? Uh, what was my trailer? Oh, uh, of Dexter. course, yes. <laughs> I, I forgot that I liked that TV show after how bad the final season was. <laughs> Did you ever watch Dexter? I don't think I ever checked no. with you. No, mm. so you don't know what you were missing, really. Then, do you? <laughs> nah. Nah, you've not missed much, Chris. I've seen a little bit of it, and I was like, eh. Uh, Yeah, I think if you start from the beginning, I think maybe just before you get to the very end, I think you can kind of like, you can kind of switch off the last episode, probably. (laughs) Uh, But it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. The trailer's fun. Um, It's a nice little uh, fake out right at the beginning where you think he's getting pulled over, but he's not. Um, (laughs) But the biggest surprise is at the end of the trailer, his son appears. Um, which oh. is pretty crazy. Um, and so this is called Dexter New Blood as well. Do, uh, do we reckon he's teaching his son to be a serial killer? Ah, I mean, <laughs> he is the New Blood. I mean, potentially, but I think it's maybe a case that like his son's come looking for him, and he's trying to probably hide his uh, his weird fetish for uh, killing people from his <laughs> son. He's probably trying to like rebuild his rebuild his fathership, and at the same time trying to like get back into what he wanted to get into which was killing so but yeah it's, <laughs> he just gotta you know i got i i don't have any hobbies anymore so i'm gonna get back into one that i had when i was younger oh it's murdering people <laughs> he is it was a previous profession so i mean you know can you blame the guy <laughs> was he paid for it uh was it a hobby or a profession no it was more of like he had a, like a dark passenger and okay. it was more of a case that he f- had to. Okay. So, 
yeah, anyway, it looks fun, looks good. Um, we shall see. I think it's got a lot of anticipation um, yeah. because of where it left off and the, the fact that this looks like it could be quite good. Um, mm. So we will see. We will okay. see. Anyway, Holding out hope. Anyway, let's talk about The Matrix then. The Matrix Resurrections. It's been a long... 18 years? Now, Is that the right maths from 2003? I, yeah, 18 years since the last one. I absolutely understand the hesitation with with this trailer because it, it <laughs> is it's a very different kind of vibe to what I was expecting really. Yeah. Like I I think I read somewhere like that the color grade like someone gave a good point where like the color grade is almost like completely different to what you'd expect from a matrix film. That is actually a canon thing that because I thought that as well, but the, one of the final shots of uh, the Matrix Revol- Revolutions was the third one. Um, was once we saw the Matrix got rebooted, the green sort of tone all went away from it, and the deja vu cat came back to uh, the young Indian girl who we think might be the new Oracle and. She saw the new dawn of the new Matrix, didn't we? And all the green tint had gone, and it was this beautiful blue and golden sky, which mm. is the first shot of this trailer. So that does make sense. Yeah, um, I'm a big Matrix nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say shit. you're you're clearly more of a Matrix nerd than what I am. So kind of take <laughs> it away, take it away. Um, yeah, I I agree with what you said. I was very hesitant after this. We would obviously when the trailer comes out, us boys in the boys chat with the get real gaming boys, we were like messaged about it frantically, like oh, do, 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 do. Uh, yes, I'm very hesitant of it because this trailer seems I don't know if it's just the trailer, because obviously the directors don't make the trailers, they go to a trailer house and stuff like that. I don't know if they're leaning a bit too heavily into some of the action things about it, and it seemed like it lacked a little bit of depth for me, this. Um, the first part of the trailer seemed like it was going in the right direction, and then it kind of went really action-heavy, but that might just be to get bums in seats, so I don't know. Um, I like what they're doing about the, how the blue pill is now like a prescription thing, and obviously they made the deal at the end of the third Matrix film to have some sort of harmony between man and machine and give humanity more choice uh, mm-hmm. going forward in their life, whether they wanted to stay in the Matrix or be out of the Matrix, all that sort of stuff. Um so now the people who are forced into the Matrix and stuff like that are being prescribed these pills, and it's obviously a commentary on like the over-medication, especially in America and stuff like that. Um, it seems like there's enough in there that if it's done right, it'll be done right. And I think the fact that we've waited 18 years and Lana Wachowski is still involved in this, um, she's definitely like... Uh, she did an interview at one of the film festivals recently and she was like i wouldn't have done it if i didn't think it was like a good script and like the way the story has gone uh myself and everyone that's worked on the previous films was like we need to make this film the story is progressing a certain way and it's it's more up to date with the times and everything like that mm-hmm. so i'm holding out hope with that but the trailer seemed a little bit iffy for me yeah should we talk about some of the interesting things like yeah, yeah, Abdul Mantis. Yeah, that was the best say, you've, got a, you've got a new young Morpheus in this now, don't you? Um, are we calling sus on this imposter right now? Um, probably. The kids know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit sus, but also, I mean, you know, it, I guess maybe it just messes with. I'm, I'm, I'm talking like I kind of understand what's going on, but 
I, I literally remember like a very, very few parts of The Matrix. So it's definitely one of those franchises I'm going to have to rewatch. Um, uh, maybe that's it. an episode, bro. Maybe, maybe that's an episode. Maybe. Maybe it is. As the well goes dry when we're waiting for Eternals and No Way Home and Venom Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> yeah, in this dry spell we're about to have. Yeah. Yeah. Where we decide <laughs> to take a joke. week off. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like that—that that would definitely be cool if you could go back and rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. Some of the screenshots we've had and stuff, and the marketing for this seems really cool. So that gives me some hope. Um, I think that maybe because um, like Thomas Anderson or Keanu Reeves, Neo is working at like some sort of production company, whether it's films, somebody say maybe a game developer or something like that. I think it's films. Is because we see them watching the original Matrix movie in this movie, mm. um, and he's working for a company called uh, Deus Ex Machina, which obviously is a film-making term that people use all the time and stuff like that. Um, but it's also the name of the main machine that he made the deal with at the end. Mm. Um, has he turned his memories of the previous Matrix movies and stuff like that into like a plot for a film franchise or something? Is that why they're watching the Matrix movies in, <laughs> in, in this new Matrix movie? Because that's too many layers of Inception, which works perfectly for the Matrix. Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, I did but... catch a super quick glimpse at um, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff the second, actually, is that official oh. name? Is. Um, he's we the, love a good title like that, don't we? He's uh, one of the leading actors in Mindhunter. Okay, was yeah. he the guy at the end saying, "Oh, you're going back to the Matrix"? Yeah, he's the guy in like the suit, and it looks like he's mm. chatting with. I'm assuming he's yeah, he's chatting with Keanu in like an office. Yeah. So I reckon he might be the head of Deus Ex Machina. And he might be a plant by the machines type thing, and that's why he's like when he's like, "Oh, you're going back to where it all started, the the Matrix," and like pe- people will be like, "They said the name of the thing and the thing type thing." Like he's got he's referencing <laughs> the Matrix, but he's like maybe he's talking about like the film franchise. Maybe like Keanu Reeves' character is going back to like make a new Matrix movie or something like that because we see like recreations of the opening scene from the Matrix in this as well, but it's slightly different. And people are like, oh, maybe Christina Ricci's playing a young Trinity in in the remakes or something. I don't know. I'm so out know. of I'm so out of my depth here. Like, <laughs> I watched the Matrix films a really, really long time ago, so a lot of this is kind of going straight over my head. But the, yeah, like these are like some of the films for me that I have a really like distinct memory of watching in the back of my head, you know, like the first time you saw the Lord of the Rings films and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I would sit down with my dad and when you got to like that age, it was like, okay, you can watch some of like the older films that you weren't allowed to watch like a couple of years ago. Cause mm. we were just too young for like the matrix coming out in cinemas and stuff like that. And maybe like the first Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, okay, I'll show you this and stuff like that. And he had just got given like a box set of like the first two matrix movies and it was like okay let's sit down and watch the matrix so i just like have all this knowledge somewhere in the back of my head <laughs> it's like i forgot that i was even liked the matrix movies until this trailer came out i was like oh i know too much about the matrix guys stop me <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to mention yeah. about the matrix uh 
not without it taking up the entire episode, so oh, okay. I think it's best yeah. to just call it there. It looks... The, the trailer has me hesitant, but there's definitely a lot of potential there. They did a really cool um, like marketing stunt for this before it launched, where you you went to the website, like a landing page for it, mm-hmm. and it had a blue pill and a red pill, and you got to choose which one you wanted, <laughs> and it gave you... Mm-hmm. like. I think it had like a bunch of different variations of like a teaser trailer that you could have. So it was just like random clips bashed together. Yeah. And that's interesting because that footage is the stuff that like I was talking about. It's not in the trailer, but that stuff seems to recreate a lot of the shots from the original Matrix film, but done in a new updated different way. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, hmm, maybe that's maybe that's like a different version of the Matrix within the Matrix and the Matrix Matrix. Mm. <laughs> The layers. It's like an ogre <laughs> or an onion. It's got layers. So I think that probably wraps up our our trailer talk. Um, yes, it does. Is there much in the way of news at all this week? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot in the way of news, Sam. Oh. We haven't done a podcast for two weeks. I know, right. Okay, well, let's Shall just talk give about... give some cliff just notes, talk real about, quick cliff notes. Yeah, give us the relevant news, not stuff okay. from two weeks ago. Let's uh, keep up to date. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home has had a reported runtime release. It's two and a half hours long. Who boy, that's a long movie. Jeez, that is a long <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Uh, in contrast to that, though, the Venom movie runtime has been released, and apparently it's only 90 minutes, but another website is recording it in 95 minutes, which makes it the second... If it's 95 minutes, it makes it the second shortest, um, at least Sony marvel film since fantastic four rise of the silver surfer it's a very short movie that for like a a marvel movie or comic book movie nowadays they're always at least two hours well considering the first one was two two hours 20 minutes yeah that's insane so that's that's 90 minutes including credits yeah or 95 minutes has been reported as well that might be it might be 90 minutes without credits 95 minutes with credits yeah well you never know it might just be concise action packed kind of film yeah um I mean, nothing wrong with it being 90 minutes if they use the time better there's nothing worse than like a film being drawn out when it doesn't need to be so yeah if it, if it gets everything that it needs to get done done in 90 minutes then yeah absolutely sound i mean you've got to remember this is uh andy circus at the head of the film as mm-hmm. well so yeah i've got a bit of faith got a bit of faith andy circus will do a good job yeah. uh no way home uh benedict cumberbatch has also come out and said that it will cause lots of debate amongst fans yes and on- he, he's been saying quite a bit in a lot of interviews at the moment yeah. So, yeah he said that he's also praised the director saying that the director was absolutely amazing to work with um he thinks the film is going to be incredible yeah so, and we also yeah. had uh andrew garfield come out the woodwork to uh try and deny any rumors that he was going to be in the film but he Again. said like people will might be either really happy or really upset i think which was like Ah, oh, that's an interesting thing to say, but of course yeah, there's going to be a I lot of I think if things. people are building up too much in the heads, it's going to be a disappointment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, it's one of them, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch has been saying quite a lot. He's been saying that um, No Way Home isn't as ambitious as Doctor Strange 2, which is quite crazy. But obviously, you know, Doctor Strange 2 is called Multiverse of Madness, so it's probably, yeah. it's probably leading you into like a small taste of uh, In No Way Home of what craziness we're actually going to be getting in Doctor Strange 2. That's something else that he said as well. He said, like, Spider-Man's great, but 
uh, Multiverse of Madness is absolutely massive. Like you said, it's it's just going to blow everything out of the water. Yeah, which is definitely like it's setting him up for like the new Iron Man type, I think. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be the new Tony Stark. Him and Wong are definitely like Tony yeah. Stark and Nick Fury like we saw in Shang-Chi. Like yeah. those two are holding everything together. Of course. Right, go, you can cover off the rest of the news bits. Okay, um, some sad news. Actor Michael K. Williams has been found dead in his New York City apartment. He was in stuff like Community, The Wire. Uh, he's been in loads of films. He's been doing a lot in like the last year and a half as well. So if you go on his IMDb, you've definitely seen him in something recently. Um, yeah, really sad to hear because he was a great actor. We also had the passing of, I believe it was Ed Asner as well, who was a prolific voice actor, especially in Pixar and stuff like that. Uh, he, um, yeah, Ed Asner from Up and stuff like that. But he made it to 91. That's a good in into that. Uh, he was Carl in Up, obviously. Um I'm trying to get all the news that I've got on my phone and on my laptop in front of me as well. Uh, Christopher Nolan is shopping around his new movie. It's a World War II movie based around the creation of the atom bomb. Uh, Apparently, Killian Murphy is in talks to lead role. It's going to be very much in the vein of Dunkirk. Cool. Um, Mad Max spin-off about Furiosa has been delayed yet another year, so this won't be coming out until 2024 now. I... She can't find time to be Furiosa, but let me tell you something. James Bond can definitely find time to die because the run hour for No Time to Die is coming in at two hours and 43 goddamn minutes. That's like the same length as uh, Blade Runner, I think. Jeez. Like, he's got more than enough time to die now, okay? They've probably, like, decided... I wonder if the film originally would have been shorter. Or was it shorter? Did we ever have a runtime for it? Uh, no, I don't think we ever had a runtime. I think we got told it was going to be the longest Daniel Craig film that we had, but I don't think we had a runtime. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Speaking of uh, timings as well, just all <laughs> the segues are all over the place, Disney has committed to uh, theatrical releases and delaying the time before it things come to Disney Plus. So for the next six Disney releases of 2021, they're getting at least 45 days in cinemas before they come to Disney Plus. So that includes The King's Man, um, The Eternals, West Side Story, I believe um, Free Guy got delayed release, The Last Duel as well, Ron's Gone Wrong, and Enchanto as well. Hmm, I wonder why. (laughs) Exactly, like... It kind of proved the theory. And also, it's probably off the back of the success of Shang-Chi as well. Yeah. Because Shang-Chi, second week, has stayed up there. The numbers are still racking in for it. Better than what the second week of Black Widow did. Obviously, we're a few months later and a lot more cinemas are open and stuff like that now. So, it's still the number one movie in the world. It's made uh, $35.7 million in the US in its second week. It's got a total of $145.6 million in the US so far. That is just US box office, I believe. Uh, mm. I don't think that's international box office. We don't tend to get those numbers for a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. It certainly is. Um, cool. And also, speaking of that as well, box office numbers, the 2021 summer box office is up 893% on what it was in 2020. You Obviously, why. we were in the height of the pandemic. Yeah. That is absolutely insane, like nearly a 1,000% increase. Um, yeah, it's still down on what 2019 was. 
but 2019 was a massive year for cinema anyway. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're getting there. We're slowly rebuilding. Cinemas are coming, reopening. Like, the films that we've had coming out lately, Shang-Chi, Fast and Furious, um, Suicide Squad, Black Widow, stuff like that, are definitely saving the box office, and it's luckily meaning that uh, cinema chains can stay open, and it's still a lucrative business. Not everything's going to be shoved straight onto Disney Plus and streaming services like that, luckily, because things are going well now. Thank God. Thank Um, God. Uh, we had this discussion, didn't we? We had like a whole episode where we discussed the future of cinema, whether it's all going to go streaming or whether mm-hmm. it'll stay, uh, sorry, stay streaming or go back to the cinema and stuff like that. And yeah. it, it seems like we were both sort of right in what we were saying. Like there is stuff still coming out uh, streaming wise. Maybe it's either delayed release online or some films are going out online, but we're still getting the big temple films out in cinemas. And Black Widow and Shang-Chi have definitely proved that the box office is still there for it. If you put it on streaming, you're going to suffer the consequences a little bit, whereas mm-hmm. if you just put it out in cinemas for as long as you can, it's going to work out. So, yeah. Yeah. And great news. Great, great news. news. Wonderful. Um, and Marvel have also added four new release dates to their release schedule, so we've now got release dates all the way through till the end of 2024. Oh, oh my god, we're, we're going to be nearly 30 at that point. So that feels strange. It feels Doctor Strange as well. It feels, <laughs> it feels so, a bit multiverse uh, and madness. <laughs> we had three already untitled Marvel films, which was July 28th, 2023. We had October 6th, 2023, and we had November 10th, 2023. So adding on to that, we've now got February 16th, 2024, May 3rd, 2024, July 26th, 2024, and November 8th, 2024. So they said they were only going down to two or three movies a year, and clearly that's not happening anymore after things got pushed back. (laughs) Like The schedule has just got condensed again. So they're going to at least four movies a year, (laughs) which you can't really blame them because when each one is bringing in half a billion dollars, why would you ever stop? Yeah, you will never stop. Unless you start. Will the the tea hitters again, maybe? (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. Are we going to get bored of them? I don't think we are. I think we might get a little bit fatigued. We'll need like that one big movie to get all bums back in seats. You know what I mean? Like how like, we were starting to feel fatigued, and then Endgame came out, blew us out of the water, and we were all like, "Okay, just give me more now." <laughs> Isn't it crazy to think that we're getting the book of Boba Fett this year as well? It is. Oh, we had some details about that. Um, uh, what's the lead actor of it called? Who's the guy that plays Boba? Tomorrow Morrison. Yes, um, he has come out and said. Uh, is come out and said that it is very much a revenge story. He's going out and getting revenge on everyone that's wronged everyone that wronged him in the last few years, and obviously shit that happened to him when he went in the Sarlacc pit, and shit that's clearly happened to him since he came out of the Sarlacc pit when he lost his armor and stuff like that. So we reckon Ooh. we're probably going to see the other bounty hunters then, maybe. Oh, that would be cool. That would kind of tie into what they're doing in the comic books at the moment as well. They're doing uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters and drawing them all back in together, facing yeah. off. That would be pretty cool. Get live-action Bosk back in there. Yeah, Ooh. I've heard a lot. Love of a bit of Bosk. I've heard the. I've also heard that Cad Bane might be making his, his live-action appearance in this mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Give us all them. Give us all them. Love it. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 has finally wrapped production. Like, everyone's wrapped production on it now. <laughs> You're telling me it's not wrapped production yet? <laughs> no, it has. It's, it's no, wrapped production I mean, now, it but hasn't... not before 
Yeah. Not before Tom Cruise jumped out of a helicopter and parachuted their way. No, of course. <laughs> he needed one last stunt before he was done. <laughs> Have you got anything else? <laughs> no, I think I'm done now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just rattled off so much news that I mean, that's I'm going to say we're done, whether we're done or not. <laughs> okay, great. Let's chat Shang. The Boys Season 3 wrap production, that's the last thing. Oh, okay, go. brilliant. A lot of things wrapped. A lot, a lot of things wrapped. A lot of things that you so probably care soon. about wrap production since we yeah. last did the episode. So, okay, wait, let's move on. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to talk about Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, everything is going to be time code below. Uh, we will talk non-spoilers, give our general overview of the film, probably let you know whether you should or should not watch this film. Spoiler, you probably should watch the film. Uh, <laughs> and then we will chat spoilers and we'll chat some of the things that happens, what it kind of sets up for the MCU going forward and some of the Easter eggs and things that are happening throughout. So uh, quickly before we jump in, uh, let's just remind you all that you can follow us on the socials at Get Real Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and just make sure you're hooking us up there and obviously sharing the love with any friends and stuff as well. So, Chris, Shang-Chi, yes. Legend of the Ten Rings. How many rings out of ten do you give this film, Shang-Chi, <laughs> Legend of the, the Ten top. Rings? <laughs> um, I thought this was a very good film. It was a bit smaller than a lot of the Marvel stuff at the moment until, like, the last 20 minutes, and I got massive. Um. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to see them focus on characters again. Um, I would give this a solid 7.5 to 8 rings out of 10. Mm, okay. What would you give it, Sam? Are they giving? Are the rings like going... Vroom, vroom? Are they like at full power? They or are are the, they kind yeah, of they like... are the big full power golden rings. Beautiful. Uh, I Beautiful. would probably give this around... I'd probably give it about a, uh, maybe an 8 out of 10. Probably an 8 out yeah. of 10. Um, well, let yeah. me tell you, Sam, that is the general consensus, uh, consensus going online. IMDb is at 8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is actually on 92%. Yeah, this film has been super, super, super well received. Yeah. It's been like, it sat at 100% for quite a bit. Um, yeah, I totally get why. I totally get it. It's um, The only criticisms that I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of people are saying like some of the CGI didn't quite hold up, but everything else, the combat in it, the characters in it, the acting in it, and the basic plot of it were all amazing. It was just a little bit of like, lacked a little bit of polish in the third act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand Which, that. Yeah, some of it looked amazing. And then there was just, I think for me, like I, I loved the camera work in this film. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it, especially the way it flowed with the combat. Like compared to what we saw in Iron Fist, this just instantly is the best combat that we've seen since maybe like Winter Soldier. But it's a very different kind of combat. Yeah, um, and they used the camera to really play stuff up, which is great. I did think towards like the second half of the movie, it sometimes got a little bit lost in there because they were trying to do a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's maybe why people are saying that the CGI is a little bit wonky, obviously. Those camera moves involve a lot of CGI because you're going in and out of vehicles, in and out of creatures, in and out of the sea and yeah. shit like that. The, um, I agree. I do think maybe the second half is a little bit... It, it almost felt like a little bit rushed. Like It felt like the last half an hour of the film had like a lot of, like, a lot of things that should have been going on, but it felt like maybe... Mm-hmm. 
it it was setting up a lot. It felt it felt maybe like it was the first two Shang Chi concepts for a film, but instead of splitting it into two films, they wanted to put it into one. If you it's get me. entirely possible, yeah, yeah. That I did kind of get the same vibe. Like a lot of the stuff, like you said, that happened in the third act was not set up at all, really, in the first two acts, which is not how you tend to write a script. You want set up and pay off, not just set up as you're paying it off. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, I don't think it hurt it necessarily, but it did. No. It felt like a little bit of whiplash. Like there's definitely we'll talk about it in spoilers, but there's definitely a point where this film changes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that was like the point where you started to get a little bit of whiplash. You're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. This is what the film is now. Um, yeah. How, how did you feel with this versus like versus what we had from Black Widow versus what we've been getting in the uh, in the old Disney Plus gallery? Like, how how have you kind of compared this? Did you feel like maybe? This sat a little bit more beyond everything else. Do you feel like maybe this was like, like, because I, I feel like when we go and watch Marvel films in the cinema now, like that that went even with the intro coming on. Like I, I don't know whether like Disney Plus is. I don't know whether it might actually be Marvel fatigue. To be honest, I don't know whether I'm starting to experience a little. It doesn't bit feel of that. as special when you hear that fanfare coming on at the beginning. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of feeling, tiny bit. I literally thought the exact same thing. We were sat there in the cinema, and then next to each other, we were both started to like chant like the ba ba ba. We were loving it, and then I kind of like stopped for a second. I was like. I'm doing this every week at home now. Like it doesn't quite feel as <laughs> as good, <laughs> you know. Like when it's like you have too much of a good thing, and then you're like, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think it hurt how much I enjoyed it. This felt very separate to everything else. Although obviously we got the bits with Wong in there and stuff like that. But other than that, it felt it told its own story. It was very separate. Probably for the first time since like Guardians Two, maybe mm. that was like the most separate thing that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that kind of helped it a lot more. The fact that it wasn't too connected and it wasn't having to live up to everything that's been set up in previous films and stuff. It was just able to tell its own narrative, mm-hmm. which kind of feels like what some of the Disney Plus shows are doing. It felt like a Disney Plus show for the first half until, like we said, the whiplash comes in. And then yeah. it was very much a, a Marvel movie. Um, yeah. Which I think is probably what we said about Black Widow, like when you get to the final act and there's like a giant city in the sky type thing like it's like oh whiplash yeah literally <laughs> i think um, like someone just pulled the handbrake on you on you watching the yeah. film and you're like oh okay yep okay yeah um yeah i let's talk about um some of the cast so simu liu uh simu simu liu is that yeah yeah um the guy who plays shang chi aka sean uh, yeah. Sean Chi. Sean Chi. Sean Chi. Um, yeah, he was brill. He was awesome. I, I, I thought he was really good. He really commanded the role. Um, considering I think he he's... got better throughout the film as well. Yeah, I think that's probably comforting. I mean, obviously they don't film these films in like a chronological order. order. Yeah, but maybe perhaps that's kind of how it works because you do see he gets a lot more confident. Um, yeah, but also like just just a fun fun actor like mm-hmm. obviously like considering where he's come from um that he's come from well how Doing did he stock start photos yeah so <laughs> which he fully embraces that joke himself which is amazing um yeah. but yeah i think he's just like 
I think it's just quite entertaining. I don't know, like, I think probably once he's being kind of, like, directed in, say, like, a team-up film in the future, like a new Avengers, whatever, um, I think probably you'll start... I can't. I'm curious to see how he pairs up with um, yeah. other Marvel entities. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would play really well with like uh, Paul Rudd and Anthony Mackie. Yeah, I think those two he would really work with quite well. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be like a test of test of, test of his acting skill. Really, yeah. When he see gets... if he can hold his own and command the screen with them. Yeah, of course, because he did so well in this. But obviously the film is focused around himself, so it's quite interesting because we'll obviously chat about some of the things that the film sets up and whatever. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty solid. So, how did you feel like being able to see that this was actually the actor doing a lot of the stunts and a lot of the choreography? Like, how did you feel that felt for you? Because it for me it sold everything a lot more. I think that it helped because it allowed you to have those action scenes that that were like not ultimately like so cutty if you get me like there's none of mm-hmm. these crazy close up random cuts and over the shoulder stuff it's like these nice slow camera movements but just really taking in the choreography of the scenes yeah um, the thing that yeah. really sold this film for me was um the bus fight yeah like, we've seen bits of it in the trailer and stuff, and honestly, that worked so well. You're in a closed environment. There was a little nod to, like, uh, scenes from, like, The Raid and uh, films like The Raid and Old Boy and stuff. Sometimes the way that they were filming it, like, nodding to, like, Asian cinema. Obviously, this is a massive film for Asian actors and stuff like that. And we're finally seeing, like, proper, like, kung fu and action and stuff like that in uh, the Marvel Universe and stuff. And having nods to Asian cinema really helped as well. Like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and stuff like that, and it worked really well. And the fact that the actor was doing it, like you said, you can tell it's not a weird head replacement or something, and he's able to do the move and sell it. And you're like, oh shit, like these punches felt harder than sometimes, like when you're near slapping people, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the rings, the actual like ring attacks and the use of the 10 rings felt so heavy. Like you were loving the sound design, yeah, right at the beginning, like just the, but really, they really obviously show off like how the rings are used as weapons, and it's like, oh, it's brutal. Yeah, one thing I was a little bit disappointed in the fact that like the ten rings, they all just do one thing, which is just big, big energy blast, <laughs> big, yeah. big shockwave blast. Whereas like we were sold on these 10 rings of power and like the 10 rings in the comic books are like they all have a different like intergalactic alien power that they can do and stuff like that and control different things this one was just they all they all do a blast <laughs> they all do a big boom is what they do i mean uh, which was a little bit disappointing not, but i think it's more the symbology of the 10 rings wasn't yeah, it i mean you know maybe it's uh, one of those things that maybe there is an unlocked power of the rings a sequel we'll see you know you never know yeah sequel bait sequel bait trying not to spoil too much yeah like that's something that we could talk about in spoilers a bit more uh, shall we move uh, on yeah. to spoilers can do it. I was just going to say the rest of the cast really sold it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was probably my favorite Aquafina performance that I've probably ever seen as well. Yeah, um, 
Because she was like the comedy relief, but she wasn't overbearing, which I think she can be in certain films. Yeah. Um, which it all comes down to the writing on her. She's a great improver and stuff like that. She worked really well with uh, Simu Lee, like you said. So, and Tony the Young as well as the Mandarin, mm-hmm. as his father. Yeah. Incredible legacy actor. Yeah, a lot of it just uh, worked really well. A lot of people really recognizing him in other films. Like a lot, I've seen so many articles that are like. Go and see other films that Tony's been in, you know what I mean? And giving you, like, a bit of a... Because he was phenomenal. Like, really pulling strings. Really good. Um, He felt like a Killmonger villain to me. Yeah, definitely. One of those weird kind of walking the two paths of, like, you you don't like him because he's the villain, but, like, you kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Best kind of villain. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is one of my favourite actresses of all time. She can do no wrong. <laughs> Let's go into spoilers and spoil some things. So, um, look, you should go check out this film. Absolutely. Um, we, maybe we don't, like, absolutely, like, ruin this entire film. Oh, um, no, no, no. But let's talk about, like, some of the key things that the film sets up, some of the key, like, big moments that were quite yeah. quite stand out. So Get into the Marvel side of it. <laughs> yeah, so let's kind of work kind of forward. So I'd probably say, like, the first big thing that happens that's relevant to the rest of the MCU is probably the Abomination stuff. Yeah. Um, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you straight away were like, is Wong the new Nick Fury? Because it kind of seems like it. Like, is this what he's doing when he's going on travels and stuff like that during Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and stuff like that? Um, is he working with Thaddeus Ross with the Thunderbolts and stuff? Because it looked like he was taking Abomination back to like a compound where they had like, you know, that cell where, that they had for Hulk in the original Avengers film and stuff. Yeah, it's like he's just sparring. It's like he's took him out for like he's a day training, trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's on day release <laughs> and, and prison. Get a little bit of money out of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wong, uh, we came out and we were like Wong's got a fund his habit for hunker hunker burning fudge. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Abomination in this is the best he's ever looked. Um, yeah. He's very much comic accurate now. Yeah, he's almost like a, he's very slow, almost like mentally quite slow in this film as well. Like yeah, a bit, I think a bit that's like part of because he's stuck in that form as well, isn't he? He can't change there and back. He's probably lost a lot of his humanity. Yeah. Um, will we see more on a Disney Plus Thunderbolt show? Maybe one day, possibly, maybe, perhaps. I mean, maybe it's definitely a nod to it. Oh well, we know he's coming back for She Hulk. That's been confirmed, so... Oh, has it? Yeah, that was confirmed a while ago. Oh, so, right, okay. That's pretty sick. So, what's going to happen now? Is he going to go on the loose and She-Hulk's got to smack him down? Or yeah, who he, this? he could be the big villain in uh, She-Hulk. Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> okay, what's the next big thing after that, then? Uh, big implications. Skipping forward in my head to see if you can get to it first before I do. Ben uh, Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yeah. Oh, let's just give a quick nod to Razor Fist as well, because oh yeah, that was pretty cool. He was done quite well in this, considering he's like quite like a a weird villain, like especially the way that they played him as well. Yeah, they played him pretty well, and they didn't overuse him either. He was a threat when he needed to be a threat, and he was just he was just a character when we needed him. To how be. come he was called? How come he's called Razor Fist and not like Sword Fist? Because it's like <laughs> he's got a sword. 
Because razor sounds deadly. It's like razor sharp, in it. Uh, I see. Sword fist sounds sword like fist. you should be like a weird swordfish villain. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Anyway, let's uh, let's yeah, let's chat about um, Ben Kingsley making his reappearance. The the point in the cinema where you decided to go to the toilet, literally, Ben oh, Kingsley came hold up it on in. the screen. <laughs> I, I opened the door to come back into the cinema, and I hear Ben Kingsley's voice, and I was like, "Huh? <laughs> huh?" <laughs> like I was expecting him to make like a little cameo, but he was in this film a lot more than I was expecting, um, and it, it was. He's definitely a lot more Scouse in this now, isn't he? He's like he's like Ringo Scar, uh, Ringo Star type yeah, of Scouse, yeah. Um, which was funny as as someone with Scouse family from Liverpool. I, I should probably preface and say Liverpool, not Scouse. <laughs> our foreign listeners won't know what that means. It's like Scouse, Scouse, and the Google and <laughs> it, and it comes, up, comes up with like food and like, what's this? I don't understand. I love a good old Panamanan Scouse. Oh. Oof. <laughs> anyway um, you could yeah. tell that really landed in our cinema as well because we live like right near liverpool yeah like, everyone was proper chuckling whenever he was like making like liverpool references and stuff like that like that really worked in our cinema which was nice because we don't get that moment very often in big films like obviously if you live in new york and you're watching the avengers and it's all in new york and then someone's like ha that's a new york joke like i'm walking here type thing mm-hmm. everyone in new york's like yeah 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 we finally got something like that with ben kingsley <laughs> yeah and um i liked how he had like the liverpool scarf on the mannequin and little, mm-hmm. little few nods and stuff and, uh, and he's just been turned into a court jester as well. Like, yeah, it, his character was already like, um, like a, a rug pull in Iron Man three, and then this was like a double rug pull. It's just there, like, how far can you fall from grace, type thing. And he's learned to speak some kind of like native language for like a thing that doesn't have a face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can speak chicken pig thing, chicken pig, flying chicken pig. Yep. <laughs> I I loved that creature as well. Like the creature designs in this film were spot on, which yeah. kind of leads us to like the next point where we said like the film takes a hard right turn when they go to the Hano uh, whatever that village is Sorry, called. The uh, where did they go? Uh, th- th- that that village, the portal to another realm village through the bamboo place. Kanto? I can't remember what it's called. Johto? The Kanto region. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, the the way they kept calling the name, it reminded me of the place from um, Iron Fist, but it's not like this. Seemed like this was their way to either rewrite the Iron Fist stuff or get rid of it. Like, and then they start talking about he's got like the heart of a dragon and stuff like that. I was like, mm. if this ain't like Fing Fang Foom or something, and they ain't giving him like, like I was like, is he gonna wake up with Iron Fist powers and that's how he beats <laughs> the Ten Rings or something? <laughs> Like, because that's how Iron Face gets his powers. He plunges his hands into a dragon's heart, and I was like, "Oh, you got the dragon's heart within you." I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> Come on, give me Shang Chi Iron Fist. Yeah, it wasn't quite Fing uh, Fan Foom though. In the end, was it? No, um, I, I doubt that they'll ever do Fing Fang Foom. So I don't know why they didn't just like name drop that. You know what I mean? Just as like mm. a little nod, the same way they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man Three. You know what I mean? Just sort of like. Or, or anything that they've done in Marvel where they've just taken the name for something else and put it on it, like Modoc, how it wasn't Modoc, it was just Toby Jones' face on a screen. Yeah. I don't know. 
you know, just 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 use it. Why not? You're never going to have a giant space dragon. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Of course. So, but they're, they're probably leaving it in reserve just in case. Um, so, ten next- rings of power. Yeah. Are we going to find that? Because obviously, like Shang Chi started to unlock more power from him because probably because he's pure of heart and all that sort of mm. shit. Um, he did a Kamehameha, which as an anime fan, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, uh, we all love Dragon Ball. We all love Dragon Ball. Like you even got that reference. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, so he's unlocking new powers. Maybe in the sequel, we see more of these 10 individual powers other than just being able to shockwave. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like it seems like there should be a little bit more, but obviously right 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 to the end, um they find that it's like a pulsing out to something. It's trying like, trying to communicate yeah. something cosmic or whatever, but they don't it, know it what. It was calling out to a fucking Cthulhu monster throughout the entire film, which they don't mention until the last 20 minutes and then what fucking eldritch horror and the necronomicon are just real in the mcu now or something <laughs> yeah thulu just on screen is like no i didn't love that i didn't love these no, things it that felt weird yeah i didn't love these things that like ate the souls of things and it's like to add this whole like super hyper dangerous enemy thing that like i think it was the... Like I said, it felt a little bit of a smaller disconnected movie to, before that i think that was their way of being like we can't like have like end game and then go to just there like he's got to fight his dad one time type thing. Yeah, although his dad um, was pretty OP. Well, that's the thing. Like, if they made his dad like the final villain, which he was meant to be, but then his dad couldn't have the emotional reawakening type thing. He couldn't come around and like save his son and stuff like that. I mean, why um, wasn't his dad eating souls? You know what I mean? Like, if his dad was eating, have his soul, dad perver- uh, has have him possessed or something by him? Yeah, have- instead of giant Cthulhu monster. Yeah, instead then it was just of dragon versus monster. <laughs> yeah, instead of having it as the giant Cthulhu monster thing, because then basically Shang Chi just got the ending kill on it, and the other dragon did all the hard work. Yeah. It's like it's like Katie why- shot an arrow for the first time. Why not just yeah, exactly, and then manages to kill it it's like what um but why not just make it so that it was like the spirit of it so when he's broken out of it when he's when he's obviously smashing against the doorway maybe the spirit like comes out and in like and then embraces him or whatever like that would have been cooler so like this is um i think i saw an article earlier saying that this isn't getting a chinese release because of something um they didn't like something about it, so it's not getting a Chinese release. I think. Cthulhu? But, Do they not like Cthulhu? I don't. I, I can try and find the article while I'm talking about it. Um, but at the same time, like films to be released in China, um, they need to follow a certain set of rules, and they don't like certain things, like um, certain elements of demons or spirits or possession and stuff like that. They don't like certain things like that. Oh, I remember why. Um, it's because um, the actor who played Shang-Chi, uh, Sumu Li, has come out and said stuff about the Chinese government in the past, that I think, or oh, has made okay. statements on stuff. Um, Beijing set to ban and a uh, uh, new Asian superhero movie. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just like he's made comments in the past, which has been sort of... Obviously, there's been a lot of stuff going on with like Hong Kong and uh, stuff like that at the moment, like... Too much stuff that I don't really know too much to say about, but it was the same reason that um, Mulan had some issues and yes, stuff like that, and people correct. have said things and stuff. So yeah, um, 
I think that was one of the reasons. And also, they might not have watched the film, but like where these characters originated from in like the sixties and stuff like that, they did have a lot of racist caricatures in. So maybe it's something to do with that as well. But obviously, this new version was like really respectful to everything. Mm-hmm. I felt anyway. So I don't know, but it's not getting a release in China. Um, but maybe the possession thing was their way of like not doing something like that was their way of getting away from that thing that might have got it banned, but it got banned from China anyway. Yeah. yeah. That was the point I was trying to get to. <laughs> okay. We got there. But yeah, I agree with you. It should have been that so that his dad could have been like the final villain. That was what he was setting up. Yeah. But they wanted some sort of like redemption for him, clearly. So, mm. uh, And then moving on is probably the new Avengers setup, I guess. So... Um, obviously, like Wong comes and gets him from from the bar. Yeah, yanks him away. Uh, and by the way, just how low key? How low key was it that Shang Chi could just take the rings off his dad? Oh yeah, well it 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 was set up earlier that his mum could do the same thing, and then he learnt like from Michelle Yeoh's character, his auntie learnt like the way of the open fist instead of the aggressive closed fist type fighting style that his dad taught him. Yeah, it he just... was able to take the rings because he's in tune with them and things yeah i mean it was a cool moment like it was a bit like the uh the molnir captain america moment yeah. where he's like bitch yeah. please i've got your rings um, and that was something that they did set up earlier which worked <laughs> yeah of course yeah um and then yeah so the the avengers stuff so obviously we flash forward one comes and picks him up uh takes him to a, a new place uh to sanctum sanctorum think- i'm assuming yeah, it, it kind of looked like the Sanctum Santorum when they first walked through it, you know, where all the glass cases are, where he takes Thor. Either that or it's to, I can't remember the name of the place now, where Doctor Strange learns and Wong is the library keeper there. I can't remember yeah. where it's called. And then, um, yeah, so then he does a bit of, uh, bit of. well, they're just looking at the rings, aren't they? They're just looking... uh, Well, the surprise cameo is from Bruce Banner, not in his Hulk form, yeah. and Carol Danvers... Captain Marvel was not expecting that. No, no, but she's she's obviously got the Marvels coming up, so they're they're trying to set her. But she's always busy. Mm-hmm. She's always off somewhere. She's she's around yeah. for like a quick minute. She's busy, 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 busy. Yeah. So I mean, I'm assuming where she's going is to deal with the events of the Marvels. So, uh, but Bruce Banner being back at Bruce Banner, so he's smart Hulk and smart Bruce now as well. So yeah. Uh, it was interesting, like you said, like it's sending out a pulse to somewhere, and we were trying to theorize when we left where it's going, type thing. Mm. So as soon as like we see another pulse go from it, Carol gets an indicator that something's just happened when it pulses. So are we seeing Galactus? Maybe like, we... it's clearly an intergalactic threat, then, isn't it? Maybe the rings are picking up the disturbance that's happened when Loki happens, the end of Loki. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's picking that up, and then because it's Rick one of the rings, the right? Universe. It's only one of the rings, so maybe one of the uh, rings. Well, they've got them all overlapping on the table, haven't they? And then mm. they're going into like these are billions of years old type yeah. thing. Maybe that's know. maybe that's happening. Maybe it's something to Eternals, do with Eternals, maybe or no, because Eternals was meant to come out before Shang Chi originally. Well, the Eternals chronologically is that a prequel? Is uh, it not? Yeah, yeah, we believe that's taking place just after Endgame, whereas this is what several months after Endgame. Yeah, they they mention the blip and stuff, don't they? So yeah, um, yeah. So. I think it's Galactus. 
Yeah, I think I think we're all hoping. I think it makes sense because obviously we've got Fantastic Four being set up at the end of what twenty twenty one? No, twenty twenty two. We're nearly at the end of twenty twenty one. At the end of twenty twenty two, we're getting. uh, Well, we don't have a release date, so it's one of the um, unmarked release dates. Mm. Um, So it's definitely part of twenty twenty three. That now we're getting through that schedule, though. We're getting through that uh, those films to think that we've got Spider Man No Way Home and Eternals. Uh, and we've worked our way through a lot of the Disney Plus stuff this year. So it's probably not a million miles off that we're going to be expecting to get once we've had Doctor Strange, once we've had the Marvels, once we've had Hawkeye, etc. We'll be pretty much then... I don't think I don't think there's anything else, is there? You got uh, you got Miss uh, uh, Marvel, Marvel Ant-Man, oh, sorry. Guardians three. Of course, there is actually quite a bit before we get Fantastic Four, but <laughs> it's got to be setting up something to do with that. <coughs> oh, are you okay? Yep, sorry. <laughs> I tried to turn away from the mic as much as possible. Just the absolute excitement of a Fantastic Four. And that's I'm plenty of time. With excitement. Plenty of time to get John Krasinski on as Mister Fantastic. So, have you seen that they're apparently? Rumour has it, trying to get Chris Evans back to make a cameo appearance in it as well. Which oh. would be funny, because he was Human Torch. Yeah, as multiverse shenanigans. Be cool. Yeah. Um, They're trying to get him back as Captain America, though. I, w- I will preface that. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, anything else you want to talk anyway. about before we wrap up? Nah, I think that's good. Um, we both really enjoyed it, like we said. It was good. The music was sick in it as well. Music oh, yeah, great. music choice was really good. It was one of them yeah. where I like said to myself, hmm, I'm going to check that out on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely, like, it was like the Black Panther soundtrack. They clearly got a lot of, like, Asian um, artists and stuff like that to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely, like, a mixtape type thing that you could put on while you're doing other stuff on, like, Spotify or something. Yeah. Because that Black Panther album was probably the best album of that year. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Cool. Solid film. Go watch it, guys. All it's right. been great. Do you want to do the... The, the outro yeah of course so make sure you're uh, all over our socials uh, get real pod on facebook instagram and twitter and you can also drop us an email at uh, get real pod uk at gmail.com um yeah make sure you're hitting us up on there let us know what you thought of shang chi and what are your thoughts for the future of the next stage of the mcu uh chris how can people support the pod the best way to support the podcast is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play Store, Deezer, iHeartRadio, wherever it is, because we're pretty much anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Or if you want, head over to Podchaser and leave us a rate and review on there, and it will syndicate it like the power of all ten rings combined to all the oh, other boy. different podcast distributors. Um, so it's, it's like leaving five reviews for just the time and effort it takes to do one, which would be absolutely amazing. Thank you very much, guys. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget to hit us up, like Sam said, on socials, repost us wherever you can, tell one friend about us, tell two friends about us. If you see us drop a post, just give it a retweet or just share it to your Instagram story, stuff like that. Anything you can do to help the podcast grow, get us out to more people, it helps us a whole bunch. It also helps out our sister podcast that we tried to like shadow mention earlier, Get Real Gaming. Richard and Lawrence are talking all things gaming over there they've had a big week with the so massive sony press conference that we had the other mm. night um 
Star Wars games, new Spider-Man games, Wolverine games, loads of shit hot stuff. New God of War. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big episode over there. So th- we release ours on Wednesdays. They release theirs on Wednesdays. So it's a great old time. You got stuff all week long. But yeah, thank you for listening to us, guys, and uh, we'll see you in the next next one. Bye bye now. So we're saying it's Galactus, yeah. It's either Galactus or maybe like that was setting up like. Uh, Shang-Chi 2, and maybe it's summoning uh, Fing Fang Foom from outer space? Now, the question is, is could Galactus eat the Ten Rings? Oh, yeah, he can eat a planet. Like, the Ten Rings, like, aren't even an appetizer to him. Also, they're not like rings, they're like bracelets, so maybe they were like (laughs) rings for a dragon, maybe, you know what I mean? Because they were a lot bigger. Might have to take some bloody Pepto-Bismol for eating those rings. (laughs) 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 These onion rings are giving me real bad heartburn, Shang-Chi. Calamari rings.